Welcome to the Book Nook Podcast, where we discuss all things Christian fiction, as well as get some amazing tips from award-winning authors for aspiring writers. So excited to be joined by Julie Lessman, award-winning Christian author. Hi, Julie. Hey, Misty. How you doing? I am <laughs> doing fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, uh, first and foremost. This is so exciting because you were our inaugural author in uh, Misty's Book Nook on Facebook. You were the first author that we featured, and so we are just so excited to have you back for December. Oh, me too. So we're going to be reading your book called A Passion Most Pure. And uh, now this is an older book. You do have a new book out, and we're going to talk about that towards the end. But I kind of wanted to see why you went back this far and why you wanted to feature this book specifically for your second run in the book nook. Well, A Passion Most Pure is my debut novel that came out in 2008. And I'm very proud to say that it won American Christian Fiction Writers debut book of the year in 2009. And it was also listed in Publishers Weekly article by Beverly Jenkins. She's a New York Times bestselling author as one of the 10 best romance novels. So historical romance novels. So I'm pretty proud of it. And I want to talk about it because Ravel has a, my publisher has it on e-sale throughout December for 99 cents. And also, Passion Most Pure really ties in with my tagline, which is passion with a purpose. So I thought it would just fit. And I really wanted to talk about that because I think there are a lot of misconceptions about Christian romance. Uh-huh. <laughs> there, there are a lot of opinions about it. But, you know, your, your tagline, Passion with a Purpose, I wanted to talk to you about how you've been able to write your know, true-to-life romance and desire, which, I mean, that is part of the world that we live in. And you've done it in a way so that you didn't compromise your values. And right. I think that's one of the things that makes your stories so uh, unique and relatable because I feel like, you know, I've, I've read quite a bit of Christian fiction and some authors really shy away from that. They're kind of scared to go through. So tell me how Passion with a Purpose came about. I was reading like Nora Roberts and those types of books because I'm a very passionate person and I, I love romance. And what happened was I felt like God really convicting my heart to get away from those types of books. I just wanted God in the middle of romance. He's the true author of romance. And so I looked into the Christian market. And would you believe the first book I read, it had a kiss on the last page in front of seven people when he asked her to marry him. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not relatable. And it's certainly not relatable to the you know millions of, of young women that read romance, you know. So I decided I would write my own. And I wrote A Passion Most Pure. And my tagline, Passion with a Purpose, what it means is it's passion for purity and God's precepts in romance. I think the word passion scares Christians because I guess they equate it with lust. But, you know, nothing could be further from the truth because God is a God of passion. You don't die on a cross for people unless you're passionate about them. And he created passion and romance. He is the author of romance, like I said before. And so I wanted to use the passion he created that he emulates so beautifully in the Song of Solomon. I wanted to use that to promote his precepts. What's happened is the world has taken passion, which God created, and distorted it for its amoral purposes. You know, and the bottom line is we're losing the war on morality. And that's just not right. Here's a shocker for you. Not only was Fifty Shades of Grey the number one best-selling book of the past decade, let me repeat that, Mm. decade, 
according to BookScan, selling over 100 million copies. But the two sequels took spots two and three. And according to a 2020 census of American religion, seven in 10 Americans, 70%, identify as Christian, which means that the world is teaching its immorality instead of God's morality. I mean, come on, Missy, what's wrong with this picture? Oh, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've had people tell me that The Bridges of Madison County was one of the most romantic films they've ever seen. Are you kidding me? I mean, since when is adultery romantic, no matter the situation? So that's passion with a purpose. I love that. And uh, yeah, you know, you're right. We were just talking about that on the show recently about how easy it is as Christians to get caught up in what the world presents in books and in movies and in television. And that's an area God's really been working with me on. I I watched a, a popular series recently and I don't know, like five to six episodes in, I just I started feeling like a a worse person <laughs> as I kept going. And then there's still that does desire to see, well, how is this going to end? And so despite the fact that I felt super convicted to sure. stop watching it, I finished it, and let me tell you, it was not worth finishing that series. It was so anticlimactic, yeah. and so I'm like, this is what I compromise, like, every value <laughs> that God has instilled in me for. Exactly. We all do it, though, Misty. You're not alone. I mean, our society today, the Christian society, has kind of just melded into the world, and that's because Hollywood and, and the media, I mean, Look at where we are today. I had another statistic. It's something like 85% of young people between like 19 and 29 see absolutely nothing wrong with living together, whether or not you intend to marry the person. That's where we are today. It's flipped around. It's inverted. And God's morals are on the losing end. And that's just not right. It's not. And it is a slippery slope. It's like the second you indulge, oh yeah, things just become less and less worse to you. <laughs> and pretty soon you've just compromised everything. Well, I'm so glad we have examples like yours in, in Christian literature. That's awesome. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, how influenced by your real life experiences are you when it comes to crafting these amazing stories of yours? This may shock you, but 100%. <laughs> I mean, I am a very emotional person. I call myself a CDQ, which is a caffeinated drama queen. I do <laughs> like everything that. fast and passionately. I brush my teeth fast and passionately. I talk, I walk, I everything fast and passionate. So I wanted to write, you know, a book that I felt that I could pour my emotions and my drama and my angst into to keep it out of my marriage, <laughs> which my husband appreciates. <laughs> and that's what I do. I mean, I'm 71 years old. I became a Christian at 23, and I have used every spiritual lesson God ever taught me, whether in my single life or my married life, and those are the plots, those are the situations I put in all of my books. So much so that my husband, when he was reading one of my books, he walked into the room, he looked shell-shocked. He goes, oh, my gosh, Julie. He goes, our whole life is in here. (laughs) And I said, well, that's all I know, but I write it into the characters. They're making those decisions. So God's precepts of how to make those decisions are implemented into the book. Mm -hmm. So it's all, it's basically, it's fiction as far as the book itself, but it's nonfiction as far as the lessons and the spiritual input in it. I'm very thankful for that, for, you know, you taking God's lessons and putting them in a relatable way. Because there's me, and I know that there are people like me who really struggle 
with nonfiction reading sometimes, especially if it's like heavy theologically, I can struggle with devotionals. I struggle with my Bible reading. I don't always understand. And so when something is applied, you know, in a, in a real life way that I can understand and digest, man, that makes my spiritual walk so much easier. So thank you from a personal standpoint. I appreciate what you do. Oh, no, we're two peas in a pod, Misty, because I am exactly the same way. Jesus taught in parables and stories. That's where I pick it up. That's where I learn. I mean, I do from the Word of God, don't get me wrong. But as far as reaching me as a person like you, I, I like to see the story, you know, I like to see it implemented. You know, you so you've talked about like relaying these things that God has taught you along the way. And I know that he has been able to use you in, in some really incredible ways through your writing. And I want to in just a second share actually how we met in, in the first place. Yeah. But I wanted to see if you could just, you know, give me one great reader story that somebody has shared with you where God just spoke to them through something that you wrote that they read? I have a gazillion, but one of the ones that sticks out the most, I got an email one day from a young man, and he wanted to buy from me a copy of A Passion Most Pure and have me sign it because he wanted to give that to his fiance for her birthday. And he proceeded to tell me the story that his fiance, they weren't romantically involved for years and years and years. They were friends, very good friends. And then as they got into their college years, he started falling in love with her. But she didn't really feel the same. And so he, he asked her, he said, I, I would like to start dating you. I mean, I think that we, we know each other pretty well. Can we start dating? And she said, we can start dating on one condition. And he goes, well, what's that? She handed him a copy of A Passion Most Pure. She said, I want you to read this book. She says, because this is the type of relationship I want to have in a marriage. She says, and I am not going to date anybody that doesn't commit to this with me. Now, that's pretty, and, wow. and he was engaged to her when he sent me the email. They were engaged and he wanted to give that. So, I mean, that really touched my heart. And let me just tell you one other. My prayer partner and I, she had a daughter that just went way off track, Okay. She was raised godly, but she got into, in college, living with her boyfriend, drinking heavy, the whole thing. Okay, well, one day she came over to my, my house with her mother, and she came over just to get something from her mother, and she sat down and told me she read my, one of my books, the um, second book after Passion Most Pure, and she said she was angry with me. I said, Why, what do you mean? She says, I read it because the romanticism and the passion, that drew me in like gangbusters. She says, but the spirituality made me so mad that I wanted to throw the book against the wall. She said, I was so angry at you. And she said, but I'll tell you what, Julie, she says, by the time I got to the last page, you had brought me up to a whole nother level with God. So, okay. It doesn't get any better than that. You know it. How amazing is that? What a phenomenal way that God is using you. So I want to, I want to tell everybody how we met. We met long before this, uh, you know, Facebook book club even came about. And I am in a, a group for people that enjoy reading Christian fiction. And there are tons of authors like you in there as well. And I was looking for a book about forgiveness because forgiveness is something that I struggle so much with in my life, uh, specifically with my father, who was never part of my life, angry with him, like just pure bitterness and hatred my entire life. And I was finally able to forgive him 
in my late 30s. And then it wasn't, but a couple of years later, something happened and I got mad all over again. And it was just, I was right back where I was. And so I was looking for a book about forgiveness. And I just said, hey, can somebody recommend the, you know, a good book about this? And so many people recommended your book. And then you reached out to me and said, hey, can I just give you a copy of this? I really think it would help you. And it was Isle of Hope, which is the first book that we launched Misty's Book Nook with. And uh, I tell you, that book really prepared my heart for being able to let go a second time. Now, it wasn't under the circumstances that I wanted. I, I found out last year that my father had passed away. And again, we have no relationship. Like it was, it was an internet search that told me. And there was something about having slipped back into unforgiveness that made that situation so much worse for me. Like, why could I have not just let that go while he was here? And, you know, so reading that book and and just digesting all this, the you know, the, the lessons about forgiveness in there. And then there was a moment, it was actually Easter Sunday when uh, my husband and I were watching Son of God and Jesus was on the cross and he said, forgive them. They know what, not what they do. And I heard God so clearly and he said, forgive him. He knew not what he did. And it no. was just, it was gone again. And I really, I really feel like. Isle of Hope helped prepare me for that moment and, and really taught me so much about forgiveness along the way. Blesses me to no. know <laughs> Well, I thank you so much. That is, uh, that's just so fantastic. And you, you know, that was an independent release of yours, Isle of Hope. And during the first month that we did the, the book nook, you just, you gave away copies, which I love. You love to bless people, you know, when you're in the position to do that. But I did want to ask you, uh, we have a lot of, you know, aspiring authors listening. And I wanted to yeah. see if you would talk a little bit about the difference between publishing independently and through a publishing house, kind of what the different experiences are like. Well, I was about nine books with Ravel, which is with Baker Publishing, Bethany House and Ravel are sister companies. And um, I was with them and I decided I took a sabbatical to pursue God and, and to fast and to see if he wanted me to leave the Christian market because I was getting slammed and just beat up in the Christian market. A lot of one-star reviews uh, that said, you know, you can slap God's name on it. You can put sermons in, you know, whatever you want. But the bottom line is smut is still smut because of my passion with the purpose writing what the way I write, you know, which is it's all it's just nothing but kisses, but I write them pretty emotionally. Okay. So I was getting beat up. I didn't like it. So I, I fasted for a month and I felt like, you know, God told me through that fast. I mean, not just food, other things and basically said, stay in the Christian market. So I did. <laughs> but that time I told my publisher, I just needed to get away and I wasn't going to pitch any more books. So that's when I wrote Isle of Hope. And they wanted to buy it, but it was too long, and they wanted me to cut it down, a lot of the moral things in it. And my agent said, no, don't do that. So that's how I went indie. And I'll tell you, going indie is not easy, but it was, it's easier now than it used to be. But you're doing all the work. You have control of the cover, of the copy, of everything, but you're doing everything. I mean, so it's a lot of work. And traditional publishing, you have less control and less work, but you have more publicity and profit. So it's a trade-off. What do you want? You know, I prefer indie publishing because I, I like the control. I like to do my own covers and, and all that. So that's the difference for me. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's some great information. Uh, I did want to, you know, talk about real quick. Tell me a little bit about your newest release, The Secret of Emerald Cottage, that is available on, uh, you know, Amazon. Tell us a little bit about that story. It is my first romantic suspense. Um, because I'll tell you why, you know, I'm not fond of romantic suspense because it, it, it has 80% suspense and 20% romance. And I am full-blooded all the way, 100% romance writer, okay? Although I also hope has a little bit of women's fiction in it, but I am romance. So even Hallmark movies, you watch them and I sit there and I kind of, I, I like to watch them, but there's only a little bit of romance. So my point is I wanted to write a romantic suspense for me. So I wanted to write 50% romance, 50% romantic suspense, and that's what I did. It was really hard to write because mysteries, you know, you got to almost write backwards. You got to figure out the mystery, and then you got to go backwards and plan in all the red hair earrings and herrings and stuff. So that's my book, and it's not my favorite. I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. I'm not real comfortable with romantic suspense. It's gotten some really good reviews. But if you that's what you're looking for, this would be a good one with a heavy dose of romance in it. I love it. And I love that, you know, you're like, well, it wasn't there, so I'm just going to create it. I love that that's how you started your career. And I think that that's such an inspiring thing to hear. You know, the things that we love and that we, you know, God has instilled talents and, you know, passions and desires in us, like do something with it. You know, it's turned into a whole yeah. writing career for for Julie. And so just I hope you're inspired by that today. You know, if there's something that you love and, and you feel like God's calling you to to do more with it, by all means, do it. And so real quick, let's wrap up just one great tip for aspiring okay. writers, somebody looking to get into this. You need to join a writing organization that focuses on the type of books you want to write. For instance, since I'm a Christian romance writer, I joined ACFW, which is American Christian Fiction Writers. That place, not only do they have like critique groups you can join, conference every year where you can actually get appointments with editors and publishers and uh, agents, but you, you know, you have a lot of fun. There's all these workshops and seminars that teach you and you expose yourself, you network you know, in the writing community that you want to be in. So that would be my first tip and probably one of the biggest. I have a list of like eight to ten tips that I send to people if they request them. So if any uh, aspiring author out there wants them, just go to my website and contact me and ask for my tips on how I got published. All right, give us your website real quick. www.julielessman.com. Fantastic. And by the way, you know, thank you for being so accessible as an author too and just the way that you help people. I, I love that and I feel like it really uh, helps people connect to your work on a deeper level. So that's awesome. Oh, well, thank you. And you know, may I say one last thing? Of course. Um, I love Hope, the book that you and I connected on. It's a ministry book for me. It's not a moneymaker. I mean, it's not what I'm looking at it for. So I don't mind giving it away. Since it's an indie book, I have access to the ebook, and I can give it to whoever I want. It doesn't cost me a dime. So if there's anybody in your audience that would like a copy of that, tell them just contact me through my website. I will be happy to send it out. Oh, fantastic. Julie Lesman, thank you so much 
for sharing Thank your you. talents and your passion and your wisdom and um, just, you know, hoping to have you back as our featured author in the book Nook many more times over the coming years. Oh, thanks, Misty. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Book Nook podcast. If you'd like to join the book club, it's totally free. And each month, you get the unique opportunity to interact with the authors who wrote the book that's being featured. There are also tons of book giveaways each month to help you stock those bookshelves. You'll find the group on Facebook by searching Misty's Book Nook. And Misty is spelled M-Y-S-T-I. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find more exclusive content at myflr.org.